The Yuletide TV podcast is hosted by three college friends trying to find the best Christmas TV episodes ever made. That quest can, at times, be frustrating, which is a nice way of saying that this show contains explicit content. We know that might get us placed on the naughty list, but better us than you. As adults, we're imbued by the pragmatic routines of life, which makes it difficult for us to regard anything with childlike wonder. But, you know, it's all right for us to try. We put on silly hats and drape trees with sparkly lights and wrap gifts in garish paper, and that's good for us. It's not only all right to allow children the, the transient experience of innocence and joy. It's our responsibility. Welcome to the Yuletide TV Podcast, the podcast where we try to find the best Christmas TV episodes ever made. I'm Chris, and with me as always are my co-hosts, Brian. Hello. And John. Hello. That was my Brian impression. <laughs> Nailed it. That was pretty good. Yeah, it's not pretty bad. Good. Match, match the energy. Match yeah, the yeah energy. and the pitch, too, which is probably the hardest thing. Not the tone. <laughs> but I was pitch perfect. You were pitch perfect. Yep. They're going to cast you in the next movie. I've been meaning to tell you. I got that email on the Yuletide Gmail account. Yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be weird to, repeat, to replace Rebel Wilson, but I think I'm up for it. <laughs> <laughs> anyone can, can do, do it. it i think yeah i think you could replace that as like an opposite energy yeah i think we're basically we've been on each other's stick for years so it's yeah. good that they're, they're finally giving the me my jet yeah she's always just been snaking rolls out from under you right yeah now, it's been now it's, you get her right back yeah it's been hurtful i've always felt like i was here longer and you know deserved them so uh-huh it's exactly you wait right. till pitch perfect for the pitching they did just announce that they are doing a what Adam Devine spinoff, good yeah. streaming series. Uh, you know how I, I kind I don't like Adam Devine. That's where the <laughs> that's where the end of this is going, and I don't necessarily oh, really? know how he got a career. Everyone that worked on Workaholics to me has infinite good cred. They can just do whatever they want forever. Oh, okay, all right. Well, I never got into Workaholics, so maybe that's it. Except for maybe, I think one of them might be Me too I don't know. That, not that one. The other ones are fine. I like uh, Mike and Mike and Tom Need Wedding Dates. Is that what it is? Yeah. The Zac Efron. That yeah. movie? Underrated. Not yeah. a bad comedy. Pretty fun. Pretty good time. Yeah. I've watched that movie yeah. a shocking amount of times. Like, at least what's, three. Yeah, what's a shocking amount of times? At least three. I'm probably at about three. There's the podcast, The Worst Idea Ever. In which they watch something, what, every day? Every week. Every week. year. That's a disturbing amount of times. Exactly. Is that how much you've watched? No, I've watched it a a shocking amount of times. Because, like, that is not a well-regarded movie. It's also fun. I hate fun. And I'm a fucking snob. So it's like... Like, like in Dave. Pretty pretty surprising that I've watched it, you know? A couple of times. (laughs) Well... We're over halfway through our third season, and we're wrapping up Blind Pick Week today. It's been a bit of a contentious one so far. So as Christmas is only two weeks away, I want to check in with my co-hosts, make sure we're all still feeling friendly. How's it going today, gentlemen? Friendly. Friendly? Mm-hmm. Feeling friendly vibes? I yes. Dare I say, maybe even jolly. Ooh. I would not, I would not, I would not venture holly jolly, though. Okay. Well, yeah. well still coming podcast. coming from you, that's that's still quite a mm-hmm. quite a vibe. 
Well, if it's if it's a holly jolly Christmas, Chris, it's the best time of the year. I didn't I didn't write the rules. I just enforce them. How do you enforce the rules? <laughs> With just like judging glances, mostly. Okay. I don't have okay. any real authority. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> so you're a mall cop. Well, yeah. Yeah. But like, but like a non-motivated one. Like I would not. If someone stole, I wouldn't chase them. I would like be like they deserve it. <laughs> Be like, ah, you yeah, got, got me. me. Uh, uh, yeah, you I made would, it. You, you I, put I, forth the effort. <laughs> Get out of here, you scrap. I just wink and be like, companies aren't people. Steal from them all you want. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Mark Target would have something to say about that. <laughs> that's that's okay, Mark Target. Mark Target. Go yes. in it. Go. Go donate more money to Donald Trump, Target. Wendy I don't care. Walmart. <laughs> you know what? I actually think there might be a Wendy Wall. In the sounds Walmart. about right. It sounds about right. If not, that's the wall child they don't talk about. Or Walton. <laughs> Walton. Walton Wall. They're Waltons. They're, they're Waltons some more money. That's what they are. Ha ha ha! Oh! Boom! Uh, sounded like a room full of Santa with all that jolly laughter. Right. A room full of potentially murderous Santa. Yep. Led by Reginald Bell Johnson. <laughs> yes. Which is, uh, hey, let's just dive into it. Because there's plenty to say about what we're covering today. Our final episode of Blind Pick Week. The week where we pick the shows that we've never watched before. Today we're covering The Santa in the Slush from bones it's the ninth episode of the show's third season and it originally aired on november 27th 2007 it's available to stream on hulu but if you haven't had a chance to watch it for yourself here's a little of what happened outside a mall in dc two elves on a smoke break find a horrific santa corpse in the sewer bones and booth are on the case while trying to enjoy the christmas season despite some personal difficulties booth doesn't get to spend christmas Christmas with his son, and Bones is trying to figure out how to give her murdering, thieving father the best Christmas ever while he's in jail. The two discover that their victim modeled himself after Santa Claus with an apartment above a toy store and a secret compartment filled with money. Using some suspect science, they track down where he was murdered and determine one of his fellow Santas killed him. Bones learns the importance of lying to people during Christmas, and thanks to some low-stakes blackmail, is able to give her dad and brother a happy Christmas in a conjugal trailer. Yeah, you should really clarify the last sentence. Yeah, yeah, I think I think digging that in a little bit more, and also low-stakes bribing. I don't know, man. That's I'm pretty sure that's harassment. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on in this episode. There is. Uh, that is. That is not great. I want to take it from the top, though, and say I think the most realistic bit of dialogue in this whole episode was when the two mall workers stepped outside and one said to the other, why are you walking? Can't we just sit? And as someone who's worked in retail, I feel like I've had that exact same conversation. (laughs) Would you just sit down, please? I feel like everyone who works on, like, a holiday it has those like you know those pictures that they will always show of like surgeons of like this is what a surgeon looks like after a 12-hour operation 
and they're like have their like mm. hands heads crumpled in their hands that's like what yeah. everyone in the break room looks like <laughs> just, <laughs> just just so tired <laughs> so tired i can't believe i've been here for 18 hours yeah what is my family anymore <laughs> like why does America want this? Why why is this me serving my country? <laughs> Send me to war. <laughs> I think to your point, Brian, of taking it from the top, I think right off the bat, this is not a family friendly episode. Uh what, I think what part? We should clear that up. Well, what I think part? the part the where Santa in the gutter or the fact a lawyer of all people forced two people to kiss in exchange for a favor she was feeling she was feeling puckish brian so it's okay okay, it's all wink it's all wink wink nudge nudge in my head canon that one hr infraction caused her to lose her job which is why she moved out into the country and started jeepers creepers (laughs) i just like the show for for getting puckish into the public conscious again you know too long have we gone without puckish who's the last one to mention puckish shakespeare <laughs> i believe jack sparrow is described as a puckish rogue so <laughs> oh puckish ro- okay a puckish rogue which what is, is pu- you know what could you give me a general definition of puckish oh probably not devious <laughs> like being being of or like the character puck from shakespeare (laughs) can you use it in a sentence it is playful especially in a mischievous way a puckish sense of humor that is the lawyer was feeling puckish so she blackmailed her colleagues (laughs) the lawyer was feeling puckish so she made the clearly autistic girl kiss a man like, really autistic. What? Jesus. I don't know. I found her like weird character to be like as offensive, if not more offensive, than anything the Big Bang Theory does. She's just fucking stupid and like not a good character, and it just drives me insane. Where it's like I'm so I don't know this fast. I do not get this fascination we had with like like savantism of these like these characters to be in like comedy shows and be like haha they can't socially interact because they're different this is all the humor we'll ever need for our show constantly a fish out of water yes it's just lame and lazy yeah it is i mean it, the, the weirdest part well not the weirdest because there's a lot of weird stuff in this episode but one of the weirder parts is the sit down with john francis daly who is their couples therapist i don't he is their psychologist their forensic profiler but he helps them get along better or yes i don't don't know i didn't totally understand the relationship i don't know if they called that meeting to order and be like hey john francis daly we gotta meet you at the diner (laughs) 20 minutes and he's like oh i'm actually with family and they're like fine 15 minutes and they're like fuck all right get over there (laughs) I think they were just hanging out at a restaurant, and he just, he can't leave work alone. So right? he's got to always psychology. Isn't, isn't it fun, too, that that scene took place right after the kissing scene for the two characters of the will-they-won't-they they tension, and then after the kiss, they're like, Whoop, wait, that, that was like brother and sister kissing, you know? That wasn't anything at all. And then they sit very much together in the booth like they are a couple. <laughs> That's, yeah. They're very close. 
he was leaning into her well i mean it's a it's a diner (laughs) yeah you don't sit like that with your friends in a diner though i'd sit like you with that like you in a diner right you don't understand what I'm saying. I mean, Stop. David Boreanaz is a large man. I mean, yeah. he takes up a lot of space I, in the booth. I, I would He's also much... a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would very much like to include a shot of him following the posting of this episode. A screenshot of him and how he's sitting in the booth. And you, you tell me that is normal booth sitting. They might have even been in chairs. What do you have to say well, about that? They had to get them that close together to get that really cool frame where they had two kind of different color schemes behind them. So, oh, right. You, you know, it's it's all fine if, if it gets a good shot. Boy, you guys are you guys are paying a lot of attention to this episode. Well, you know, the plot wasn't thick enough to pay attention to anything else. I just like I want to know what his FBI handle is, like what his job title is, because it it just seems like special, it's we- special agent. Yeah, but same, like same as Mulder, just weird girl wrangler. <laughs> same as Fox Mulder. We found this girl who likes. To, we found this girl who stares at bones, and that tight. Keep make sure she doesn't do anything too weird. <laughs> like, I mean, the other part of this episode that didn't make a lot of sense, dropping into it, is she's bones. She does the stuff with the bones. This episode. Everyone else but her is doing stuff with the bones. Again. Like, she, there's there's a team of, like, three people, or four. I couldn't really understand the dynamic that well. But she doesn't really bring a lot of her expertise to this episode, it seemed like. Again, she's very much the dentist. You go in. The dental technician takes care of you. And then at the end, the dentist comes and sweeps in and take care, takes all the credit. Yeah, everything's looking good, you know? Your gum's not recessing too much, and uh, you don't have any new cavities. Cool. That's a paycheck. I'll see you later. But, like, you could just save a lot of money. You know, our government has budget issues, Brian. The reason it has budget issues, because we just keep professional weird people around. Like, (laughs) I like that canon. We're the Bones person, Tony Shalhoub, Sean Spencer... And, uh, I don't know, name another weird consultant. Are all on the same payroll at the same time in the United States somewhere. Oh, oh, they they are. Absolutely. And they're all just wasting our dollars. <laughs> Except for Monk. Except for Cause Monk. Because Tony Shalhoub's <laughs> from Green Bay. Oh, he and is. And also a national treasure. Oh, he looks like he's from Green yeah, Bay. Yeah, nothing, nothing wrong with Tony Shalhoub. Pale. Yeah. This does get at my main issue with the episode that I could just not escape, which is why in the hell are these people investigating this murder? And why are we devoting so much of the FBI's time and resources to figuring out who this dead Santa Claus is? It well, just yeah, doesn't you know, seem to because fit. Because it involves bones, Chris. That's what you have so her for. all murders, technically. But, but like, the, also the corpse was fresh, but so they had to justify it. Like, had to, like, pigeonhole it to be like, ah, rats ate a lot of Santa, so I don't know. It's just a skull. Like, just a skull. And it's like, that's, like, why she can't do anything, because there's no bones. Also, the biggest plot hole in the show is why the fuck does she want to go to Peru to, scare, to stare at different bones? Yeah. Fuck, you going to do with those bones? <laughs> just 
<laughs> like she's they're just, ancient. They're ancient bones, John. They're ancient but bones. Maybe she maybe likes maybe bone stuff. Pa- uh, she should learn to leave work at home, or like she should learn to leave work at work and just fucking do something not weird. Hey, yeah. John, I got a little piece of advice for you, bud. Okay. Yeah. Love what you do, and you'll never work a day in your life. <laughs> <laughs> All, all I do is hate everything, Chris, and that is why that is my battle. So why aren't you a professional Twitter person? <laughs> oh, because I'm not that oh. funny, and the podcast hasn't taken off yet. Oh, <laughs> and you've dealt with me when people reach out to us about stuff. I'm a dick. <laughs> it does bring up uh, a an interesting point of this episode too, that for some reason they kept harping on and I don't really understand why they were really bogged down on it. But guys do skeletons and Christmas mix. Uh, only if you're polyamorous. <laughs> Are you taking another crack and a nightmare before Christmas? Yeah. 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 That's our poltergeist. <laughs> <laughs> i don't i don't know why but every time they said skeletons and christmas the first thing that popped in my head was spooky scary skeletons <laughs> i wish i wish they would have like jumped the scene forward five minutes after that song just because just so much happens but none of it matters to me i hated every character no one's redeemable not even that child Who's a little ungrateful dick? There were like two genuine moments I like. The first one was the retail workers saying we should just sit down. And then the second was very disingenuous, but just the way it was still proposed was when uh, John Francis Daly was talking about why Christmas and the magic of Christmas is important to adults. And that kind of felt, that felt good. That felt like in the realm. Anything around that scene out of the money anything within that moment good stuff i liked i'm feeling puckish <laughs> <laughs> i i will agree with you brian that john francis daly who gives this this nice speech about why christmas is important for adults and why it's important for kids it is very nice uh i will do you guys want to know the two times that i actually laughed in this episode oh do hit us right after the blackmail kissing uh where Bo- uh bones is saying that it was it's just like kissing her brother and the lawyer lady goes you must really like your brother and booth goes she does i thought, <laughs> I, 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 I thought like it's just such a weird like earnest like no self-awareness of what he's saying but and then the second part was shortly after that where or shortly after the john francis daly bit where she goes back to visit her brother for christmas and is like i'm gonna lie to you and he says i'm in jail and i'm getting better advice (laughs) that was funny that was nice (laughs) this episode was relatively easy to drop into in terms of like okay there's a murder these two people go solve the murder but it's this weird time in american television where this like This is like in the vein, you know, it's a Fox drama. It's in the vein of House where it's like, okay, we're going to do case of the week stuff, but we're also going to have overarching serialization about with like their personal lives and their relationships and stuff. Like it goes, 
you know, it, it very much goes from the law and order of like, these are cops and cops solve murders and this is how they do it to these are people and they have lives while they're solving murders and other stuff. And so all this stuff with her dad and her brother and it's like they're in jail and they did things. And I was just like, whoa, there's there's a whole lot of backstory that we are just completely not involved with. And this is where, as we've talked in some other dramas that we've covered, a little previously on might have helped. Uh, just just give us a little more context. I didn't need to watch more of that show. No. That would have been that would have been too too many minutes. No. <laughs> but here's the thing, that's the that's the exact kind of show that's gonna pop up for us as one of those like fall asleep to procedurals that you don't really care about the plot for. It's right up there with the show numbers. Poorly written, bad plot shitty personal entanglement but perfect to fall asleep to because you wake up in the middle of the night you're like huh i was gonna oh they're catching the bad guy okay so bones is gonna come up again in my life i, I guarantee it we approach sleep differently i do like dave crummeltz dave dave crummeltz and numbers man now i want to see if numbers has a christmas episode i'll do oh, that I later though the other thing i liked about this episode even if it wasn't used to great effect i mean there are some nice little guest spot surprises you know john francis daly as we mentioned reginald bell johnson as the head of this temp agency that exclusively seems to cater to santa's yeah what a a, it really made it's such a shame that he had to do that after retiring from such a distinguished police career you just think we would take care of uh the blue better than that after their retirement (laughs) You know, this episode came out in 2007, which I think was kind of the start of this advent of Die Hard being a thing. Because it's like, because it, Die Hard being a thing, like, Die Hard is a Christmas movie, that debate only exists because of the internet. And so, like, as the internet becomes more of a thing in the, you know, mid to later aughts, like, this starts to spring up. So I will give Bones a little bit of credit for being a little ahead of the game, but it's also like, hey, why why are we not just passing Reginald Val Johnson around show to show? Why is why is he not guessing in at least one Christmas episode uh, per year on, on network television? Because it just seems like a no-brainer. Well, maybe he doesn't want to work, Chris. Because this character is the same character canonically no matter what he's on. It, all, it starts <laughs> with Die Hard. Yeah. Then he goes into hiding in Chicago, and now he's in hiding in New York. He's realized he can't do the law racket anymore. How do you think he read through that warrant so fast and knew it was legit? Because he used to issue them mm. himself. <laughs> I, that's a great point. <laughs> that is a great point. That's what I'm here for. I don't know. Someone has to say something entertaining about this shit show. I think I think we've said plenty of entertaining things. No, but uh, true. You guys are a delight, but Bones is fucking <laughs> trash. <laughs> it was not good, and I was very much bothered by the way they investigated this murder, uh, especially when they go to visit the temp agency the first time, and the guy who very clearly has a black eye, yeah. and they never ask him about it, where like they make weird leaps of logic earlier where they're trying to... Uh, the santa's landlord and they're like did you guys ever get any arguments and it's like where i mean where where is that coming from and then it's like 
I stole his toy idea and panned it. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You, Mr. Small Toy Store owner in D.C., manufactured your own toy that became so popular that Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes's child was photographed playing with it. The details that were being thrown into this episode were astounding. Did you consider that maybe the toy shop owner was a Scientologist and that is how the toy got to their <laughs> child? How, that's how Tom Cruise got involved with it. Yeah, I, I had not. But, but if that that's... toy brought a certain level of energy, then they'd get knocked down a couple levels. Fuck it, I'm defending the plot hole loop. I'm defending the plot holes in the show now. Oh, I like Bring the... it on. I love the interrogation <laughs> level of a child with that situation too, which was, did you guys have any arguments? No. Did you? <laughs> yeah, that's yes. why I think. That's why I thought he was just like specifically there to be weird girl wrangler, because he is truly a terrible, terrible FBI agent. He does. It's very cocky. He's... He's worthless. <laughs> He's just... They're all worthless. Except they're, the people no, they're who both... actually do things. No, the lab, the everyone in the lab, they get the a lab, The lab, the lab they did the only one. And there were bones to be like examined during this episode. But but but, <laughs> but weird lady never got a look at them. Right? Again. But bones never. Bones yeah. never. Yeah, bones never did her job this episode. And then they right. all took a picture at the end, like, we're a family, but to me, with Bones in the center, it was more like, you're paying us to do your job, so we're going to, like, act nice, because maybe we can kill you and be king ourselves. <laughs> it's kind of like, not not to bring it back to House, but, like, you know, House had a team, and he would go and send them off to do grunt work to figure stuff out. But she doesn't even do that. She doesn't yeah, interact every, with any of these people. Except in a wordless Christmas gift exchange towards the end of the episode. I would watch Bugs, the show with the guy who absolutely is phoning in his performance. But I do like his character the most. It's because he's a handsome man. <laughs> the guy in the dumpster? And his white yeah. privilege lets him get uh, away with coasting on acting credits. With his, uh, <laughs> with his girlfriend in maybe the most painful scene of the episode. Ugh, yeah, that was <laughs> just... It's, there's a lot of people floating around this episode with not a lot to do and it's it's just like i'm just like why am i supposed to care about any of these people because it's everything is very separate it's it's bones and booth and it's the these grunts. other group of people actually doing the work in the lab to like again make drastic logic leaps of oh i uh, i think this hoof print is a reindeer which, you know, never really came into play. And, oh, I think this circular object is a bell. It's like, oh, uh, okay. I get, I get, I'm good, good on ya, I guess. It adds I, I guess. Up. I, I can, I, I, well, here's the thing. I feel like I've made certain leaps and jumps like that and have been correct. Granted, it's been with like bullshit pop culture references, but still, to a level, I can associate with it. You're not solving murders by sniffing people's butts or anything. Yeah, that's why though, I right? said it was pointless. This is a huge, like, forensics lab that had, like, on the wide shot of it, just, like, so many employees just solving the murder of a man without a bank account. Like, yeah. Just, <laughs> I just, I just feel 
I feel like there's a million cold cases these guys would be so great at. And this one's like a two-day-old Santa murder. That really leads us to a question, John. Thank you. Which is, who's getting justice here? Okay, so that is... Did anyone... I got a little lost, I will admit, towards the end of what exactly happened for so the Santa the, to the, be the murder. The murder Santa was caught by good Santa pickpocketing. Doing after, the pickpocketing. After okay. he got his ass beat by the Egyptian Mall of America guard. That's right. why he had okay. a black eye, and then Santa caught, caught him, like, ditching the wallets to, like, cover his trail. And then he's like, whoa, ho, ho, no. And then he's like, <laughs> that's. Okay. And that, that's, was, that's... that was worth murdering somebody over. Yeah, the escalation here adds up. I'll give I'll give you this, Chris. You don't really get into, like, the Thanos levels of reasoning behind his actions, but it did end up in murder. He did aim for the head, though. <laughs> so it would seem <laughs> it also did give us some insights into uh boost character who is apparently islamophobic in a <laughs> highly islamic phobic <laughs> pretty gross way yeah <laughs> that was such a weird thing to throw in there and i'm like oh like at your first instinct is oh he's just playing bad cop and then he kind of doubles down on it and you're like oh no you like well you you seem to actually think this. What's his last what name? If, and what, then he, and the then actor's they name again? David what? Boreanaz? David Boreanaz looks like Kevin Sorbo's personality. I mean, Kevin Sorbo looks like Kevin Sorbo. No, yeah, Kevin She's Sorbo looks exactly like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, when, but when, on a federal level. It took like a very little <laughs> jump to, when, to like hear Kevin Sorbo was doing these fucked up things and had bad politics. I was like, yep. Yeah, he does. Yep. Is Kevin Sorbo turning into the anti-Jeremy Renner on this podcast this season? I hope not. Uh, I mean, yeah, we don't need an anti-anything no, to give them more publicity. What I want you to do is to tweet at him with the hashtag Sabaro for Sorbo, where you just eat your mall pizza, look sad, and tweet it at him. I just It'll inconvenience him a little bit, which is what he deserves. <laughs> <laughs> like a stack of papers on your desk caught in the wind yeah like if all of you who listen to this podcast do that that's a thousand tweets he has to figure out on twitter <laughs> <laughs> actually i i could get arrested for that so i guess only do it if it seems harmless well, you can get arrested for that these days i'm kind of calling i'm kind of calling down mob justice I wouldn't get arrested. I guess I'd get I'd get canceled though. I would yeah. get I would get a thing for going after Kevin's for going after Kevin Sorbo's for their I would... profits. <laughs> I watched uh, I watched a little thing about why their business started to fail. So yeah, probably they're not great they with money. Bad pizza. Uh, overexpansion. Oh. Yeah. Sold sold their company to the wrong people. They overexpanded. Can you guys clear up one other thing for me? Because I wasn't sure if this was subtly hinted at or very explicit at the end where Bones, or not Bones, Brennan, no, Brennan and Bones are the same person. There are too many Bs in this show. <laughs> They're all the same Booth. David Boreanaz plays Agent Booth. His son, who Parker. is... 
supposed to go off with his, I guess, ex-wife and new boyfriend for Christmas, shows up at his office after running away. Mm-hmm. Was that their plan? Because he, like, is talking to the mom and saying, yeah, I'll bring him tomorrow. And he, like, gives the kid a little hug and a wink. And it's like, so did you tell your kid to do this plan? I don't like, think so. No, I think he was just stoked about it. I, that's exactly what I think it was. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, that kid's seems like, like... Seems like a bad dad. That kid is, like, a shithead for doing that. I thought that was a very Macaulay Culkin Home Alone move, though. I mean, he had away. a great plan. Yeah. It was, it was a good plan. It was good execution. Yeah. Like, what's your address? I don't know, but my dad works at the FBI, mister. Yeah, that's going to light FBI. a fire under that cop's ass. Great play. Or I guess play take by the, kid. the other directions. Like, I don't have to work for the feds even when they're not here. Yeah, I don't think I don't think the I don't think the FBI and local cops like like each other that much cuz the FBI's always crowd encroaching on their territory, taking over their cases. How dare like they. the Santa case. We should just have one big police force. Or okay. and we should or all we should, <laughs> or we should, we should defund them. tattooed on yeah. our forearms, Brian, too. Well, it would help to identify the Santa. Brian Brian got the wrong the wrong ideas from reading nineteen eighty four. No, Brian I got the wrong burning ideas books. from listening to the police. <laughs> Uh, yeah i know i know i know i yes i was gonna say sting sting can be confusing i know oh it's sting in the police though right yeah yeah okay okay (laughs) yeah it is it is wcw wrestler sting who fronts the police (laughs) (laughs) oh it's all about that time man it is it is It is 1970s movie starring Robert Redford, The Sting. <laughs> hey, that's that other Robert Redford, Paul Newman, Can, buddy, buddy movie. What if we What if we did a remake of The Sting with Sting and Sting? Ooh. I'd fund that project. <laughs> God. <laughs> All right. Well, as, as fun as it is to keep tearing this show apart, I think we have gotten our point across. Uh, so we might as well jump to our final ratings for this Blind Pick Week episode. Are we going to call Bones a Christmas classic, a pair of socks, or a lump of coal? Brian or John, who's going first? I'll tell you right now. And I think John will agree with me. It's a mm-hmm. lump of goddamn coal goddamn right yeah yep i would rather watch a christmas carol you could take this lump of coal shove it up's booth's ass and in a week you'd have a diamond (laughs) it is this is deep compact great coal it is the deepest of coal this is is. coal you wouldn't even use to grill with (laughs) this is fake charcoal This this is shit it is garbage. This isn't this isn't the coal that built America. <laughs> this I mean, this is absolutely a lump of coal. I don't know that I agree with John. I do not I would not put this as the worst thing we have ever watched. I think there are certainly things that fall below this. 
but it's it's definitely towards the bottom. And as I say, I mean, you're you're not you're just not gonna get a lot of enjoyment out of it, I don't think, because it's not very good. It's not very well acted or well written. I think you know you it's a pretty it's a pretty steep drop off in terms of writing from the X Files episode we watched to this episode, which is somewhat surprising because I saw one of the co-producers is Noah Hawley, who is the a showrunner for Fargo. No, and that legion show uh so it's interesting that that guy who uh, he probably did not have a very hands-on day-to-day involvement in this show but it was surprising to see his name in the credits knowing what he would go on to do from here i mean it's christmassy but you're not gonna get a lot of feels out of it i mean it is kind of nice at the end i will say when booth shows up with the tree outside the conjugal trailer uh i mean that's i'm like as much as i hated that episode i did kind of like that part i thought that was nice but it doesn't really feel super earned after everything that comes before because this episode this episode is 44 minutes long this episode ends at 35 minutes they solve the murder at 35 minutes the rest is filler christmas crap i can't stress enough they solve the murder by smelling butts after they already yes, which, solved the murder by wiping bells, they just wanted a scene where they were sniffing butts. Which I was kind of like, again, not having watched any other episode of this show before. I'm like, is this what this show is always like? Like, does this always... End? It's almost like a... Butts every season. I don't know. It's like, a, it's like <laughs> a murder mystery show where they, like, bring all the suspects into a room at the end and are like, oh, now I'm going to walk you through my deductive process. Now we're going to do of, the big reveal. Uh, we, we all thought it was you, but really, we forgot about this, and it was so-and-so. Except in this it's episode, like that. it's like, we all thought it was you, and then it turned out then it turned out to be you. It was you. But it was like... And then we sniffed everyone's butts, and it was you. <laughs> it was definitely you. It would have been a fun twist if it was the super old Santa... Also, the Santa singing Santa Claus is coming to town. Lamer than fuck. They stop for a yeah, Christmas. Yeah, that was really that, that was really weird. They stop for a Christmas party mid-case. The fact that all those Santas beat the shit out of the murderous Santa, and the murderous Santa was still conscious, blew my mind. Well, they're old, man. The one Santa did lay a great, great fucking double leg on him, I guess. But. <laughs> like the thing is, like there wasn't even like a cool, like little like. Ah, what a twist. Because it was like, ah, the guy they're accusing yeah. is being cute, is making me feel empathetic towards him because they're being racist. I wish it was a little bit more like Recess too, where at the end there was the real Santa. You wanted a real Santa situation. Yeah, like his, her, her dad comes up with his prison boyfriend and it's a man with a big white beard. <laughs> uh, or, or... Even, it turns I out mean, even if booth. you're Santa and you take a piss at a park at midnight, you can still get arrested. Then boom, Christmas tree. Christmas magic. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly where I was going. It's like you put that Christmas tree in the trailer or you have it outside and be like, oh, I didn't I didn't get the tree. Did you get yeah. the tree? Oh, no, it's too... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Some fun. But that, yeah, that could have been more fun. But alas, we didn't write Bones. Maybe if we were the writers of Bones, it would have outlasted NCIS, but here we are. <laughs> we shouldn't be in charge of any television <laughs> property. That's probably the biggest takeaway. 
all these things that sound like jokes, I'm sincere about. I think I can make them work, and that would be my undoing. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not going to figure that out today because we need to wrap up our blind pick That's week right. and get to our next week of shows, which is our last new theme of season three, which is Significant Other That's Week. That's correct, Chris. Where we where we had our significant others pick episodes for us to watch. And Brian is going to start us off on Monday. And what did your wife pick for us to watch, Brian? Divorced. She picked Divorce uh, with Thomas Hayden Church and Sarah Jessica Parker. And it is a goddamn delight. I have one big question that I don't want you to answer, but my question that I'm excited to see in this episode is... We always hear the biggest selling point of a divorce is two Christmases, and I just want to see both those Christmases. If I had to give like a prediction of what it's going to be like on Monday for this crew, I think we're going to very much dislike this as a Christmas episode, but I think you'll want to watch more divorce when we're done. Ooh, interesting. Well, come back on Monday and see if Brian's prediction is true in the meantime you know we talked about this last episode but if you got a minute leave us a review wherever you listen to the podcast rate subscribe share with a friend whatever you want to do uh it's the christmas spirit time now i mean you're really safe you're no one's gonna give you a hard time for sharing a christmas podcast with them when there's two weeks until christmas or take so. it in the opposite direction i hate these three guys so much you have to listen to it <laughs> we need more hate watching I can't believe these guys do this every Christmas season, and I need to talk about how crazy it is. They did a hat trick. I can't believe they did a hat trick. For sure, I thought they were done. They were through. We left them bloody on the beach. We pushed them off the waterfall, but somehow they survived the fall. Can we start promoting our podcast with, like, YouTube clickbait-type thumb titles? Like, you'll never believe what they said about Christmas this time. Yeah, Open parentheses, emotional, close parentheses. <laughs> but for every episode. With all of us making, like, like shocked faces. I just did a face with yeah. no camera on, on a podcast. <laughs> Are we all going to dress like thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's let's see. We did we did sweaters for the first Christmas. We did jean jacket cutoffs. So now what do we need to do? We need to we do need to take those oh, midriff sweaters. tanks. We need to take those midriff, sweaters midriff and cut tanks. them off for the midrift. No, no I like my sweater. I want get me a get us. Let's do let's yeah like Chris said. Let's get some some uh, cut off crop top tanks for the ladies. <laughs> for the ladies, because this Christmas is hot. <laughs> <laughs> You uh, wait for our. You wait for a calendar. It's hot take Christmas. So that it's doesn't been that hot doesn't, take that Christmas. That doesn't. Well, work. John John originally called it out as tight boy Christmas. Tight, okay. so, tight boy Christmas. We we haven't we haven't fulfilled that promise yet. Uh, yeah, we do because tight boys take their time. You know, we're doing our best. <laughs> Allegedly, keep it tight. Keep it right this Christmas. Mm-hmm. That's that's what we're gonna sign off on today (laughs) Uh, uh, tight tight. 
if you got if you if you got if you got good advice for keeping it tight this holiday season, you can send us an email with your tips at yuletidetv at gmail.com or reach out at Instagram, Twitter at yuletidetv. And that's it. Keep it tight. Keep it right. You you could just tweet us one word. That word could be kegels, and we get it. <laughs> Damn it! I was like <laughs> Brian. I I was like cooking that bit to try to get it as a stinger at the end. Fuck. <laughs> uh, just over here uh, baking. Yeah, just, just trying that to figure pot, it out, huh? Getting that batter ready. Ripping each other's bits out of each other's hands. All right. Well, until next Monday, I've been Chris. I think I've been Brian. Yeah. I know I've been John. Thanks for listening. (laughs) We're glad you're still alive. Keep it tight. (laughs) Tight. Sleigh Bell Sounds provided by Michael Koenig from soundbible.com and Joy to the World provided by freexmasmp3.com. Do you remember when the West was one beyond the fields valley?